Welcome to the fourth branch program. Glad you can make it. I am MD. This program is dedicated exclusively for those with common sense, a spirit of patriotism, and a determination for a more perfect union. Stay tuned as we begin the discussion of a very important, interesting, and enlightening topic. Hope to hear from you soon. Happy listening. program, The Place for Common Sense. Today is Tuesday, November 12, 2019. I am MD. For those of you who have joined me before, thank you for making this journey a tad easier and a little bit more bearable. If you join us for the first time, once again, Welcome to the fourth French program. This program is not associated with any political party. And we at the fourth French, we do not have any political agenda or aspiration. Our ultimate objective is to perfect the union. And to do so, we ought to remove the biggest obstacle of all. Ignorance. JFK said that the ignorance of one voter in a democracy impairs the security of us all. Thus, the importance of eradicating ignorance from our society. It is near impossible to do what we just said, eradicate ignorance with goodwill, determination, collaboration, we can minimize its impact. Because since beginning of time, but whenever that was, even if we take 
a look back at what we have on record. It is without doubt that ignorance has never played an important role in progress, in the advancements of the human race. In fact, just the opposite. Yesterday, I made reference to how ignorant we were but the most important part of making that reference is how much we have evolved from that ignorance. If you didn't watch the program yesterday, I would encourage you to visit my YouTube channel. Take a look at the detail of the discussion. I'll just point out today just the gist of, the, of what I just mentioned. A long, long time ago, we used to worship the sun because we didn't understand anything about it. Anything that was mysterious, not because it is in nature, but because we were ignorant, we simply did not have the knowledge necessary for us to comprehend certain aspects of things. We seen the sun show, showing up, disappearing when it overcast. Of course, as superior animal, we have to come up with some sort of explanation for that. So at that time, we could not but attribute that to the fact that the sun is God. Because, well, one day it shows up, it burns our skin, it generates tremendous amount of heat. We didn't have anywhere to, we didn't have shelter. So, and we pretty much suffer under scorching sun. And at some point, just as if that God exercised mercy towards us, it overcast. Later on, we worship snake, we worship cow, calves. We have gone through various stages in our evolution. But notice one common denominator in all that. A lot of the things that we did, that today when, if you look back, you could say that was silly, which it was, but it was also because of our ignorance. A 
man, a child, a woman was beaten by a venomous snake because we did not understand it and the individual would automatically either get into some sort of seizure or die because we did not know any better so we attributed that to the fact that the snake was God and able to kill us. We worship the snake. Those are not stories in a movie and that's the stages as that the human species has gone, has gone through and as we're learning more and more we're becoming more and more knowledgeable and smarter and smarter we're moving away from those silly action silly activities that we use to take for instance worshiping the sun we don't do that anymore because we know better we don't worship snakes anymore because they can kill uh, or at least because we thank their God because when they bite they kill so we don't worship them because now we understand the whole thing about venom in fact we get even smarter than that we have anti-venom so ignorance is never something anyone should nurture should embrace and I cannot I cannot visualize any circumstance any scenario in which you would embrace ignorance and nurture it can you so we recognize ignorance doesn't serve any good purpose. That's the reason we spend a lot of effort, a lot of resources, a lot of time to learn, to become more knowledgeable. Some people, I heard the conversation that their parents, their grandparents did not have the privilege, the opportunity to go to school, but they made every effort to send their offspring to school. In fact, we have a lot of stories of people say, I'm the first generation who have graduated from uh, high school. I'm the first generation who have graduated for college, from college. In other words, we the human species recognize the importance of knowledge. No matter what what era you belong to, no matter your race, your religion, no matter your beliefs, we all have one one thing in common. We want knowledge. We want to acquire knowledge. In fact, in fact, people who don't have knowledge, they usually don't want 
others to know about this little personal secret so they always pretend to have knowledge they always pretend to know this and that because we resent the idea of not having knowledge of being ignorant if you like I have not come across anyone who feel proud to be ignorant I I don't know if there is any such individual do you can you think of someone in your neighborhood in your family acquaintances can you think of anyone who think being ignorant is a good thing I can't so please help me out if you know of any such individual because I'd like to personally have the privilege of talking interviewing chatting with that individual in order to understand why anyone would welcome the idea of being ignorant because so far I have not been able to come come across anyone or any story for that matter of individual who simply feel that this is great I'm ignorant however despite what I just said it's impossible to read society of ignorant it was not by for the sake of talking or for the sake of writing that JFK said that the ignorance of one voter in a democracy impairs the security of us all it wasn't just for the sake of talking that JFK mentioned that it was more a warning that we should make every effort to make certain that voters are not ignorant because their ignorance would put us in jeopardy and it wasn't wrong we living in a period where we can it's palpable the danger that we as a country are confronting and we can trace that back to ignorance so if that's the case and it is It has to baffle the mind 
why millions of people choose to stay and live in ignorance. That has to be baffling. plus years, the country wakes up every day to confusion, to chaos, triggered, caused, generated by the very individual whose primary job is to prevent it in the first place. Hi, my name is Mike Duchenne, host of the Fourth Fringe Program, The Place for Common Sense. FDR said that the liberty of a democracy is not safe if the people tolerated the growth of private power to a point where it becomes stronger than the democratic state itself. Ownership of government by an individual, by a group, or any controlling private power is fascism. MDR also warned us to beware of that small group of selfish men who would clip the wings of the American ego in order to feather their own nest and to never underestimate a man who overestimate himself. We did also receive warning from other very famous politicians. George Washington, the first president of the United States, warned us to guard against the imposture of pretended patriotism. With this publication, we tackle the discussion on how the guardrails of our democracy are being removed, the rule of law trampled, the constitution shredded right under our eyes. Is it politics? Join me every day for our regular program aired at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter for a discussion on social political issues which impact our lives and those of future generations. See you then. first uh, introduced the fourth branch, 
I had uh, this mindset that I would ignore those who are not patriot, those who are ignorant, those who are not genuine about their priority, those who are not concerned about the country, those who are more prone to support a political party over the interests of the country, I would ignore all those people. And the reason was very simple. I mentioned here before that this program is not this venue, this forum is not a popularity contest. We're not trying to rack up followers to increase our following. First, we already know what we have in mind. Would not necessarily guarantee we would be successful trying to increase our following. Because one thing we know, we learn in from history that whenever there is a one individual or a group who try to do something that's beneficial to society, that helps advance the affairs of the majority instead of a group, there is always going to be a lot of pushback, a lot of resistance, and a lot of struggle and it takes a lot of courage to do it to continue sometimes I can tell you in all fairness I feel completely exhausted discouraged even but every time I take a step back to remember that the purpose of this program is to better society is to make certain future generations have a better place to be. As such, we believe it's worth enduring whatever comes our way. It is difficult to have conversation with an individual who is more concerned about a political party done the interests of the country because we are and that puts us at odds with those people we're more interested in the affairs of the country in things that benefit the country than we are of a political party an individual because we believe that whether it's a political party or an individual that will go away Coincidentally, George Washington, the first president of the United States, did not belong to a political party. He refused to belong to a political party. Maybe those who came after him, all of those who came after him should have taken a page from him. 
You see, when I first started to write about politics, that's 2013 to be exact, I used to lay the blame of what's going on in Washington at the feet of the politician. I used to say, you see the gridlock, the do-nothing Congress, the lame duck president, you know, all those terms that we use and we throw them back into our conversation every so often. It gives you the impression that those are the individuals who are who make things get from bad to worse because obviously they're in Washington we entrust them uh, the lever of government in order to solve problems to come up with solution and uh, to pretty much debate think about issues social political and come up with solution we go to the poll we elect those people to do that so obviously when things go bad we turn around and point fingers at them and say they're responsible that's the way i used to think in fact a lot of my writing in the in the beginning reflected that very aspect of my thinking and one term that we all should be used to is gridlock you know gridlock in washington democrats won't budge republicans won't budge everything at a standstill. We call it gridlock. But we also blame the politician for the gridlock. Historian, political pundit, experts, Everyone has been trying to understand why we are where we are today. Politics is very complex, so you can understand why a lot of people have jobs just to talk about what could be possibly, what, who could possibly be responsible for that problem. What can possibly be wrong? Why can't we just all get along? Because sometimes I, 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 I sit back and try to visualize, almost like in a trance, trying to visualize a scenario in which Democrats, Republicans have one thing in common and that is to advance the interests of the country. It doesn't matter the political party you belong to. I can tell you that it does not matter. I'm going to give you a couple of examples to prove my point. So I spend the time visualizing that and say, 
that's not impossible. We think it's impossible because we say Democrat will never agree with Republican. Republican will never agree with Democrat. In fact, we, we the public, we the constituent, we the people, we legitimize the gridlock in Washington. Because we say it's never going to end. The reporters, the journalists, commentators, I mean, everybody's chiming in and say that's not going to end anytime soon because there is a big divide in the country. see as a member of the human species we we have two major flaws we don't just have two flaws but bear with me for a moment we have two major flaws the first one is we always have to blame somebody else for the problem for a problem Whatever the problem is, it's always the other guy, it's always the other party. That flaw number one. Take any example you want, not just politics, any example. You have two, three people involved in something and something goes wrong, you can rest assured. Now, there are exceptions to the rule, to that rule. Because some people would, walk, would come forward and take responsibility but in general generally speaking something goes right everyone wants to take credit for it everyone wants to say this is me i done that you don't have to go far look at donald trump anything that goes right is always it doesn't a second would not go by without him saying, this is me. There's this morning he was talking about great economy. He was pointing to what he has done for that economy. But whenever things start showing looking bad, he remove himself and accuse somebody else. That's flaw number one. We're always pointing fingers to somebody else when things are not going right. The second major flaw that we have unfortunately also is to try to explain something we have no idea what it is because we don't really want to sound ignorant we don't want to look stupid so we have to explain it away after Donald Trump won the 2016 presidential election if you've been if you watch for the, 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 the year that follows, uh, even up to today, we still have conversation from, by commentators, uh, historians, everybody trying to explain this phenomenon. How could that possibly happen in America? And yet they come with all kinds of explanations. They tell you angry people who felt, uh, who felt that they were left out. I mean, they have tons and tons and tons of reason.
as I mentioned here before in this program, I start seeing that a lot of important people start using some of my argument. Now, you could say, well, I tend to think it's coincidence, but some people say it cannot be coincidence because a few of the argument I've been presenting here, all of a sudden showing up on uh, talk show, on interviews, and some of those people start using some of the argument analogy that I use here to explain the predicament, the scenario that we're going through. And uh, in a sense, I'm flattered that there are people who see some important uh, aspect of what we do here. Because the whole idea, as I mentioned over and over, in every chance that I have, this is not a popularity contest. We're not trying to be better than XYZ. We're not trying to overcome somebody else. We're not trying to increase our following. What we're trying to do is educate so that we can live a better society for the future generation. And in order to do so, we have to remove ignorance from the equation. Because ignorance doesn't serve any good purpose in society. Not this society, not the one before that, not the one millions of years prior to that. It's just not something that anyone should welcome, nurture, because it's bad for society. But contrary to all the arguments you heard people bringing to explain phenomenon, scenarios, especially in politics, contrary to all the arguments you heard before, I'm here to tell you you can reject all of them because they are wrong from a substantive aspect of the conversation and I, let me explain the gridlock in Washington you're attributed to what to politician who cannot get along Democrat cannot get along with Republican Republican cannot get along with Democrat that's what you know trying to explain away a behavior that detrimental to the country, then we blame both sides. Now, in Washington, Democrats are pointing fingers to, to Republicans, Republicans are pointing fingers to Democrats. Now, we, the constituent, we, the people, we're pointing fingers to them. See? That's one of our major flaws. So why do I say all that? It's because what puts us in this predicament we're in is that, that very problem that no one takes responsibility for his or her mistake, his or her action, but feel comfortable pointing finger to the other guy because it's easier. 
it's the other guy. All the way to the top, the president of the United States, who's supposed to be responsible for everything that's bad, that's wrong, that's or take credit for something that's good. He only see the credit part that he wants to take credit for, the good part that he wants to take credit for, and then the bad part, it's somebody else's problem. It's someone else who causes it. And we, the people, we, the constituent, we do exactly the same thing. Now that problem we call gridlock in Washington, that problem, while the individuals involved in, as two, I would say, in, in, in making that happen, you know, the gridlock, Democrats not working with Republican, Republican not working with Democrat. While we can point to the legislators, to the politician for that problem, but the people who are really, really responsible for the problem is us, we the people. Yes, at first I thought it was the politician too. Because obviously they're the one in Washington that refuse to talk to one another. They're the one who refuse to compromise and get something done. But the more I analyze the situation, the more I realize that both Democrats and Republican constituents are responsible, but not so much the politician. Let me explain. Suppose you are, you have a business. Suppose you have a business and uh, you're able to employ people. After you put classified, you get a few people, candidate you interview, you hire. Let's say you have Well, it doesn't matter how many people you have working for you, even if it's just one individual. Now, let's assume that every time you give a task to that individual to do, the individual either doesn't do the task, does it late, doesn't do it well, does it as his or her leisure. So, of course, as an employer, you would talk, reprimand, rebuke, until it comes to a point where you have only one choice, right? To get rid of that individual and hire someone to do the job. That's what you would, that's what any employer would do. Because if you want your business to be, to be successful, if you want your business to grow, you cannot keep around an employee 
who refuse to do the job, who doesn't do the job properly, who simply doesn't care. All those individuals in Washington were hired by you. You went to the poll to vote an individual in office after that individual tell you that I have the qualification. That's your interview. When they're going around campaigning and tell you what they stand for, what they're going to do, then that's the interview. You said, all right. And of course, in the state, there are plenty of people, so it's not just you. So a group of people go to the poll, so the majority decided that that individual is the one we're going to hire. Let's say Mitch McConnell. I just pulled that out of her heart. So you hire the individual to do the job. But even the first year in the job, you realize that that individual no longer attending to your business, your interests, the interests of your country, the interests of your state, but instead doing things to please lobbies, special interest group, so that he can guarantee he has enough money for campaign financing for his re-election. It didn't take long. The very first year, any individual, there are exceptions, once again, but the very first year, any individual that come to you and say, if you send me to Washington, I'm going to do this, that, and the other. And that individual goes to Washington and does just the opposite, completely the opposite. Year one, year two, year three, and then when the time comes for you to go back to the poor, you send that same individual back to Washington. Now, you can talk about all you want, gridlock, it's a politician, but the same reason you would not keep an employee that's not doing the job or not doing it properly or refuse to do it, then why in the world would you continue to send the same individual that's not doing the job in Washington for you back to Washington? So blaming the politician for gridlocks is just what you do. You always have to point fingers to someone, but I realize going through the process that the people, the party that's really responsible for the problem in Washington, is not the politician. Is the people. You, who keep sending Mitch McConnell back, Washington, you are responsible for the problem in the United States of America, not Mitch McConnell, because had you done your due diligence, get rid of Mitch McConnell and put somebody else, then we would have had a different result. But for some odd reason, someone doesn't do the job and you continue to send that same person back to Washington. What do you expect? That's what Insanity is when you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over, but you're expecting a different result. That's insanity.
now the second, the other aspect, that's aspect number one. The other aspect that I find baffling is the fact that the constituent in general, but Republican constituent in particular, are very naive, very gullible. I pointed out here before that Republican constituent are easily manipulated. They subscribe to conspiracy theories. They accept falsehood, lies, deception very easily, just like this. We know that because we've watched the Republican legislators lie to them, deceive them, and they take the same lies and they repeat it, they pass it on, they keep repeating it, and to them it sounds like true. It is baffling that millions of people can let themselves be deceived, sometimes by people who, don't, who are not any smarter than they are. So we like pointing fingers to the other guy. The other guy is responsible. It's the other guy. And when we don't understand something, instead of learning it, instead of letting somebody who spend his or her time explaining it, that's the reason you go to the doctor. Because if you think you know much, then when you say it, you wouldn't have to go to the doctor. So you go to someone who knows better about particular areas that you may have an idea, especially today with the internet, you can Google certain things and get a kind of an understanding as to what's going on, but you, you have to rely on a doctor, really, to cure you. And the more serious your illness is, the more you have to rely on experts. If you have a cough, you may say, ah, I'll just take some cough drop. <laughs> because you become an expert in curing yourself. If you have a fever, depending on how bad it is, you may take, drink some tea, whatever the case is. If you feel a nagging pain somewhere in your abdomen, and it's a little bit more serious. You have to see a specialist. You have to see a doctor to figure out what that is. In light of the impeachment process that's going on in the country, it's become more and more obvious that ignorance is the tool used by Republicans in general to justify every argument. You see why JFK said that the ignorance of one voter impairs the security of us all? Ignorance of one voter. 
If the ignorance of one voter can impair the security of us all, what do you think the ignorance of billions of voters would do? How do you make sense of the noise? Talking points here, sound bites there, chaos, confusion, partisanship, lawmakers with no concern for our constitution, deception, corruption running rampant in Washington. Is it all politics? Join me every day for our regular program air at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter for a discussion on social political issues which impact our lives and those of future generations. See you then. An individual, Robert. came up with a brilliant plan to rob a bank. And at said day, time, as, I don't know, maybe it's him or maybe by himself, goes to the bank, broke into then reach the vault, open the vault, however it happened, however it, he manages to do that, it's irrelevant in our conversation, open the vault, of course when the vault is open, there was nothing in the vault, no money, no jewelry, nothing, but the alarm went off, before you knew it, Police surround the bank and arrest the robber. His attorney defense isn't still anything. What do you think? Is that guy a thief, a robber, or is he not? What do you think? Well, let me use a different example. But you're gonna we're gonna use thief, robbers. Broke break into your house, pick the lock break into your house, nobody's home, ransack the whole place looking for something to steal. Of course, your silent alarm sent you a notification that someone broke into your house. And once the alarm triggered, the video set in motion, start taking really good video of what the thief is doing in your property. Thief goes all from bedroom, uh, 
kitchen, everywhere, looking for something, whatever that something is. When police is alerted, by the time police arrive, there was nobody in the home. The thief already escaped. So of course with the video recording, you have a pretty good something to give to the police to find that, that thief. But after all is said and done, you find out nothing is missing. In all fairness, you cannot say your house was robbed because if he didn't take anything. But did he commit a crime? What do you think? Well, in both instances, the individual committed a crime. Notice that the bank robber break into the bank, broke the vault, found nothing to steal. So you could say the person didn't really steal anything because there was nothing to steal. But the law said he committed a crime. In the case of your property, same scenario. Person broke into your house, ransacked the house looking for whatever, but in the end left the house, didn't take anything. Did that person commit a crime? Well, they may have different name for the type, this type of crime, but whatever they call it, it wasn't legal, it wasn't legitimate. So, the idea that because there was no money to steal in the bank, or there was nothing to steal, doesn't make the robber innocent, does it? Do you know that your Republican legislators rely on your naiveness, rely on your ignorance to make that case to you? That's the case that they're making about the fact that in the end, Donald Trump had to release the money to Ukraine saying he broke into the vault he didn't find any money, so we cannot say he committed a crime because in the end, he released the money. Now, as I mentioned, Republican legislators, elected officials, they believe that the Republican constituents are too stupid to understand. That's not me saying that. I'm too shy to say those kind of things. But that's their thinking, that's their belief that their constituents are too stupid to understand those things so they can tell them whatever that they want to tell them and they know that it's going to work. And it's not today that they wake up that way. They've been doing that for decades now. In fact, if you've been watching this very program, we've been 
showing you, we've been giving you example after example how Republican legislators have been deceiving their constituents and they've been getting away with it because their constituents are naive and gullible. They can tell their constituent whatever and the constituent would buy it. Now the other aspect of our conversation in regards to the impeachment, you know why the impeachment is ongoing. Here is the Speaker of the House who tried everything possible to prevent the idea of an impeachment, found herself at a point, pushed to a corner by Donald Trump because he cannot not get involved in committing crime. The day after Robert Mueller, Robert Mueller was on Capitol Hill giving answers to questions about the report on July 24th. The day after that, 24 hours later, Donald Trump was on the phone with the president of Ukraine asking him to commit crime with him. Today, as we talk, there is no if, there is no but, there is no maybe about it. Now, the only argument that your Republican legislature are bringing forth to you is to tell you what Donald Trump did was not a crime. But it's no longer possible for them to say he didn't do that. Now, if you've been watching closely, you may recall there was a time that all of the Republicans say, no, Donald Trump was not involved in extortion. Now they call it quid pro quo, but that's what extortion is, what Donald Trump did to the president of Ukraine. Quid pro quo is a fancy name for extortion, bribery. And that's what the president of the United States was involved in. Republicans cannot argue that anymore. Because when it first came out, when the information first came out that Donald Trump was involved in extorting the president of Ukraine, all the Republican legislature came out to defend Donald Trump and said, no, that did not happen. In fact, Lindsey Graham, no, it is so bad that he went on Fox himself and said, if indeed that is the case, I'm not going to tolerate that. Now, when he found that was the case, now the conversation is, what the president did is not a crime. Now, let me tell you what the president did. I know listening to people at Fox, listening to Republicans, because that's what you want to hear. As far as logic, you don't care. If you don't care about logic, then what I'm about to say would not matter to you. And as I pointed out many times, this program is not for people looking for a place for them to feel good about what they believe, what they want to hear. This is not the venue for it. You already have plenty of venue where you can go to and listen to people telling you exactly what you want to hear. What we do here is educating. And 
to be educated, you have to share whatever nonsense that you get from other places. What we hope to happen is at least inject some sense, some common sense into the process, into the conversation. Not do things because, or believe this because you're Republican, believe that because you're a Democrat, but rather there is always one fact, one truth about most of the things that we have to make decisions on. Here's what happened with Donald Trump dispatching an army of people to make it happen. Giuliani being one of the frontmen, of course, Donald Trump entrusted or enrolled the help of Bill Barr to help with the process. Mike Pompeo, Rick Perry, I mean, an army of people whose job is to help the president commit crime. And that's not a statement. It's a statement of facts. That's why I say this is not a venue for you if you're looking for a place for you to feel good about yourself. Because what we do here is not try to increase following, trying to make you feel good to the point you say, oh, I have to watch this program. We're not looking for that. We're hoping that there are enough individuals who are genuinely concerned about the interests of the country, individuals who are patriot, not in words, individuals who would sacrifice aspects of their lives, including not supporting a political party, in order to defend the interests of the country. This is a program catered to those type of people, which means you may not be one of them. Because if your idea of patriot is to be Republican, then this program is definitely not going to be for you. If your idea of being patriot is to be a Democrat, this is not going to be for you. And as we warned you before, that doesn't mean everything we say you're going to agree with it. That's not what that means. We're still human, you know. But we strive to bring forth logic into the process. And as much as possible, we bring example to show what we're saying is not just a statement, is not just an opinion, but rather a statement of facts. Now, one thing we can all agree with is the President of the United States supposed to be a role model. I don't know that anyone can disagree with that. The President of the United States is supposed to be a role model. Now, we can, we can debate around the term role model, 
but we cannot disagree that's ought to be the case because you i ought to be able to point to the president of the united states of the united states as someone we would like our children our grandchildren to grow up and be like don't you agree dwight eisenhower said that the supreme quality for leadership is unquestionably integrity now there is something else we can all agree with that we all can agree that Donald Trump doesn't have a shred of integrity that we can all agree no matter where you stand in the political spectrum whether you're a democrat republican you support Donald Trump you don't support Donald Trump it doesn't matter but we can all agree on that simple fact Donald Trump doesn't have a shred of integrity You don't impeach people for not having integrity. Donald Trump, the defense that Republican legislators are offering is now we can all agree Donald Trump did indeed try to get the president of Ukraine to do something that they call quid pro quo but I'm going to show you what Donald Trump did was not quid pro quo it was extortion I'm going to show that to you shortly but for sake of conversation let's go along with the republicans initially they all deny that Donald Trump was involved in quid pro quo initially they say no that did not happen but having 13 people one by one providing undeniable irrefutable proof that it did happen you can no longer have that argument so it's no longer Donald Trump did not get involved in quid pro quo but rather quid pro quo is not impeachable remember you may we just mentioned earlier that the president of the united states is supposed to be a role model remember that donald trump as most people should know by now does not do anything to benefit the country anything that Donald Trump does for people who don't have a way of processing information or who rely on other people to tell them what that means they may not see it or they may not accept it but everything that Donald Trump does is to benefit Donald Trump and family no matter what it looks like to you it's always to benefit Donald Trump and family. You take any example you want. What landed Donald Trump in hot water with this impeachment inquiry going on? Just a side note that tomorrow, Wednesday, we're going to have the first 
public hearing of the impeachment inquiry. The phone call that Donald Trump placed to Ukraine is to serve his personal interest, not for the interest of the country. And that's the part that you ought to understand when your Republican legislature lying to you because even if you were to say quid pro quo is okay but quid pro quo for whom? A president of the United States supposed to advance the interest of the United States. But what Donald Trump tried to do with the president of Ukraine is to advance the personal interest of Donald Trump. And it is clearly written in the Constitution that a president should not be involved in doing that. So no matter how you feel, no matter where you stand, no matter how much you like Donald Trump, if your interest for the country are higher than your love for Donald Trump, then you should want Donald Trump impeached. Because there is no if and but about it. Because the Constitution does not accept our president to be involved in doing those kind of things. And the way that you always have to think about something is, what if the other side does it, would it be okay? That's the way you always have to think about what you're defending. Now talking about defending is another problem that the Republicans have, have created in the country. They belong to the legislative body. And they all, all of them took an oath to protect the Constitution and they all took an oath to exercise oversight on the executive branch. Those are not Democrats' words. Those are not Democrat thinking. This is the Constitution of the United States. All the legislators, Democrats and Republicans, took an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. And the legislators, that means Congress and the Senate, they took an oath and part of the job is to exercise oversight, not to defend, to exercise oversight. I'm sure you know what, what that means exercise oversight on the executive branch, not defend the executive branch. Now, if you have, if you don't care about the Constitution, that's another thing, because there are millions of Republicans who couldn't care less about the Constitution, what the Constitution says. Those are not the people that can help advance the affairs of the country. I already made that very clear here in this venue because we're not looking for numbers. We're looking for people who are genuinely interested in advancing the affairs of the country. We prefer to have as audience people who are 
patriot, not in words, but people who would defend the United States of America before they defend a political party, before they defend an individual. Those are the people we are more interested in having as audience, as having as individual to do the journey with. We're not interested in people who already made up their mind and they Democrat or they Republican. They just gonna go with what they they think or with what pleases them, with what their Republican uh, legislature or the Democrat legislature are telling them. This venue is catered to individuals who are more concerned who are genuinely concerned about the interests of the United States of America over the interests of a political party. Which means, if you're there, then we would like to do, to make the journey together. Because numbers are not going to solve the problem in the country. Because we've seen it happened before. The civil war happened in the United States of America because there were millions of people who decided to do the wrong things. So we're watching that once again in our country. So we know we have that, that, that history as our guide that when you have millions of people being led by individuals who couldn't care less about the country, then that's the kind of uh, predicament they put the country in. The civil war did not happen when the civil war happened. The civil war happened because there were millions of people who were listening to, following, and supporting individuals who were doing the wrong things in the country. And those individuals were senators, congressmen, churches, religious leaders. Oh, you didn't know that? Those are the people who actually make the civil war happen. People who are supposed to have some sort of common sense. People who are supposed to have better way of understanding. In fact, the individual, the first and only president of the seceded, the seceded side of the United States, Davis Davis, James Davis, I forget uh, what what the full name is, but he was a senator, and there were plenty of those people. There were senators, congressmen, judges. Uh, there were uh, also people who served in the military. There were millions of people who were doing the wrong things and dragging millions of individuals behind them to support the wrong they're doing. So this is not any, anything new in this United States of America. And today, unfortunately, we're watching that again. You have the legislature, the Republican legislators, completely abandoning the Constitution. And that's exactly what happened then too. To hell with the Constitution. See, it's like history repeating itself. So today you have the whole Republican machine deciding to 
do away with the constitution and do whatever that they have in mind and they have millions of people gullible naive ignorant supporting them we've seen that movie before and yet it's easy to recognize you're going the wrong way it's not that difficult you see just like the bible when you pick up the bible especially for those in the republican circle who claim to be christian which means one time or another you may have read a passage in the bible who knows there are 10 commandments in the bible the first two are the major one the most important one i should say you remember what those are thou shalt love thy god with all your might all your strength all your power and the second is love your your neighbor as yourself and then you can go through the rest that shall not kill and so on and so forth the constitution of the united states is a guide for you to know when your legislators are doing the right thing or the wrong thing now if you don't care about the constitution we don't even have to have this conversation because you just don't care as i mentioned doing the right thing is easy it's people who decide that they're not going to do the right thing that's why they're able to rationalize whatever behavior whatever wrongdoing they're able to rationalize that not because they don't know what to do but because they believe doing the wrong thing is the way to go so they push aside the constitution say to hell with the interests of the country i am a republican or i am a democrat and that's all that matters so the example i gave you earlier when i said if you were to hire an employee who is not doing the job who refuses to do the job who cannot do the job and you continue to employ that person you cannot be pointing finger to that person being a bad employee anymore because you already established that it's not like you cannot do anything about it you can you can get rid of that employee and hire someone who will and can do the job so why don't you do it because you're okay with the way things are so pointing fingers to people make you feel better because the argument seems easier ah it's those damn democrats this pen belongs to me i can give it to you and tell you would you mind pick up my dry cleaning uh my dry cleaning for me my clothes from the dry cleaner i'll give you this pen this pen belong to me not borrow 
not belonging to somebody else. It belongs to me. If it didn't belong to me, I couldn't do that. So if I tell you, I'm going to give you this trend, uh, would you do me a favor though? When you're coming back from work or wherever you're coming back from, can you stop by the dry cleaner and pick up my clothes? Are you following me? Because I'm trying to explain to you quid pro quo and extortion, the difference. Because you've been hearing the word quid pro quo and a lot of people trying to tell you this is quid pro quo, this is not quid pro quo, or they say quid pro quo is, uh, is not impeachable. You hear a lot of conversation. But let me tell you what exactly your president did. This pen belonged to me. The money that we're talking about in regards to Ukraine does not belong to Donald Trump. Did not belong to Donald Trump. First, that's the first problem with the argument that the Republicans are bringing to defend Donald Trump. In order for you to use something to get something from somebody else, first, that thing, not that it's okay, don't get me wrong. Not that it's okay. Especially when you're the president of the United States. I'm talking about in general, as a civilian, if I tell you I'm going to give you this pen, uh, would you do me a favor when you're coming back from, the, uh, from work, from wherever, can you stop by the dry cleaner and pick up my clothes? Now you may say yes, or you may say, oh, I won't have time to do that. If you don't mind, I can try to do it tomorrow. That's what a quid pro quo is. We both have an understanding. In fact, you can call it a trade. You can call it an exchange. That's what a quid pro quo is. I give you this pen and I ask you for a favor. I said, but again, the pen belongs to me. I cannot give you the pen if it belonged to somebody else. Keep that in mind. Follow me very closely because conversation with my fellow Republicans tell me that we still have a lot of naive people who do not understand why this impeachment process is going on. Because they listen to their Republicans who do not have the country interest at heart and that's the talking point, they're repeating the soundbite, but they do not understand how grave what happened. So I give you the pen. It belongs to me. And I ask you for a favor. Now, the favor that I just mentioned, would you stop by the dry cleaner and pick up my clothes? That's a favor. But I could have asked you for something else. I could have said, can you give me a brand new phone in a couple of months, you could say yes, or you could say no, I cannot do that. But here's the other thing about this quid pro quo. I give you the pen. By the time we're done with this conversation, by the time the conversation ends, you would walk away with the pen in your hand. Irrespective of what you agree on. You could say, I won't have time to pick up your clothes. 
you could say i won't have time to pick up your clothes this week you 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 could come up with a number of things that you cannot do because well it depends on your time and you may not have that time or you may say yes and not do it now that would make you a liar but that's pretty much it because i can say i'm giving you that pen i'm hoping that when you're coming back from work you stop by the dry cleaner and pick up my clothes and you could say oh yes sure you take the pen from me walk away but you never stop by the dry cleaner now that make you an unreliable person that make you a liar but that's a quid pro quo i give you the pen and in return you can do something for me now you can do it whichever way you decide you can call me and say i didn't have time today i'll pick it up tomorrow that's quid pro quo but notice the difference the pen belongs to me and i give it to you now here's what was done with the money i'm going to use the pen again and i want you to follow me very closely pay close attention i know you need the pen now i use the pen as a symbol you really 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 need the pen you have to have the pen and i said i will give you this pen when you pick up my clothes from the dry cleaner you see the difference i will give you this pen when you pick up my clothes from the dry cleaner in other words you cannot have that pen until you bring me my clothes from the dry cleaner that is not quid pro quo that's extortion That's what the president of the United States did to the president of Ukraine. Everyone that testified tell exactly the same story. Then we are at a stalemate and you're not going to get the money until you open an investigation into the Biden. That's called extortion. Now even if it were to be quid pro quo it would have been impinchable let alone it is extortion so that's where we are today tomorrow we will continue the discussion and discuss a few bulleted point as to the defenses provided by the republican whose job is actually to exercise oversight but instead they turn into trump defenders so tomorrow we will bring that to you
make sense of the noise. Talking points here, sound bites there, chaos, confusion, partisanship, lawmakers with no concern for our constitution, deception, corruption running rampant in Washington. Is it all politics? Join me every day for our regular program air at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter for a discussion on social political issues which impact our lives and those of future generations. See you then. I do hope this presentation was of some use to you. If not, you already know what to do. Send us your comments, your criticism, your suggestion. Let us know how to do it better. As I mentioned before, this program is not going anywhere, so you might as well help make it better. In the meantime, should you have a particular topic you would like us to talk about, send it to us. We will research it, we will debate it right here on the fourth French program. The place common sense. I hope you have a wonderful afternoon and hopefully you can join me again tomorrow for another interesting episode of America in Crisis. Good day. That was an update through the prism of common sense. Join us again tomorrow at 10.30 a.m. for a full presentation. I am MD, host of the fourth branch program, The Place for Common Sense. Send us comments, criticism, suggestion, or simply let us know how we're doing. Thank you for watching. Have a wonderful afternoon. See you next time.
the Fourth Branch Podcast is brought to you in collaboration with the People Branch publication, which can be found on the People Branch website, located at peoplebranch.org. That's P-E-O-P-L-E-B-R-A-N-C-H dot org. That's peoplebranch.org website in which you will find a number of very interesting articles. My name is Mike Duchenne, MD for short. I hope you have a great afternoon or a great evening, whichever it happens to be. Hopefully, you can join me again next time for another interesting episode of this podcast. That was the fourth branch, live from New York. Good day. Good day.